Hello, and welcome back to CityWire's Breaking and Entering. It's been a year already, and what a year, since the last episode of this podcast series in which we get to know the stories behind portfolio managers and selectors with peculiar career paths. Some of them not always worked in the finance industry, while others decided to leave and do something completely different. I'm Daniel Ruiz, investment reporter for CityWire Selector in London, and I'm taking over from Victoire Barbarin, who brought to us stories such as Randall Dishman's, a fund manager who once upon a time was a professional banjo player, former opera singer Sharon Bentley Hamlin, and Jeff Muller, who used to fly combat jets for the US Marine Corps. If you haven't had the chance yet, go have a listen to these highly recommended interviews in our website. And if you have already, let's crack on. Joining us today from Paris is Alban Prebet, a partner and fund manager at French asset management company Sycamore. This Frenchman has worked with the firm for more than 10 years now, and he's currently linked to six different strategies. However, Alban's day-to-day job has not always been about making investment decisions. Before jumping into the world of finance, he spent another decade as a high-level figure skating athlete. Bonjour, Abbas. Comment allez-vous? Bonjour, très bien. Thanks, thanks a lot. Well, the first question is obvious. End of a weekday's worth of work, six o'clock in the evening. Can we picture a Superman-style scene in which you get out of the office, take your tie off, and find the nearest ice rink to go skating for a couple of hours? I don't skate a lot anymore. Actually, the last time I went to the ice rink, it was one year and a half ago. But I still love be, being on the ice. I still love uh, my discipline, of course. Uh, and I'm still uh, quite involved in the uh, figure skating uh, world, actually, because um, your, your sport asked me to do some commentating uh, when they are broadcasting um, figure skating events. So I started to do that uh, as soon as I quit figure skating in 2011. And I'm still doing it sometimes. So actually, it will be uh, quite uh, exciting to do some uh, commentary, uh, especially for the coming weeks uh, with the uh, Winter Game, Olympic Games. So yeah, I, I, I'm not uh, on the ice anymore, but uh, I'm still uh, loving figure skating and still uh, very passionate um, about this sport. And how does, it, how does it feel to see how others perform? while you are just commenting. How does it feel now? <laughs> uh, actually, I'm quite happy that I retired myself, that I quit figure skating because the level is totally crazy right now. <laughs> When I was uh, doing figure skating competition um, only 10 years ago, uh, doing one quadruple uh, jump uh, was uh, quite extraordinary. Um, I, I managed to, to do some uh, quadruple tulips uh, during my career, but uh, yeah, landing one quadruple jump was uh, uh, only for, for the best uh, jumpers in the world. And um, uh, right now, the, the best skaters in the world are doing five different uh, quadruple jumps uh, in a single program. So yeah, I used to be in the top 10 in the world. Uh, if I would decide to come back and I won't decide to come back, but uh, I, I, would, uh, I wouldn't be able to, to qualify anymore for world championship, for European championships. I, I probably wouldn't be uh, even in the top 100 uh, figure skaters in the world. The, the improvement of uh, 
my uh, former colleagues uh, is uh, totally uh, crazy. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, I wouldn't qualify either. <laughs> um, let's rewind a bit and go back in time 20 years or so. How was it to be a young world touring professional athlete? How do you feel when you, when you look back and remember those years? Uh, it, it, it was, of course, uh, very requiring uh, to, to combine uh, both um, uh, sports and, um, and, and, and uh, studies uh, at the time. Um, it's true that uh, some of my uh, Chinese and, and Russian competitors were full-time athletes uh, and they used to train uh, eight uh, hours a day. But uh, by continuing my studies, uh, I, I had uh, at least uh, two times less uh, training sessions than, than them, and uh, therefore I had to work uh, even uh, harder on each of the training sessions. So, um, yeah, it was very busy day, uh, and the weekends were not necessarily uh, more relaxing because during winter, uh, one week out of two on average, I, I went to competition. So, um, I, I would say that uh, the life of a uh, of a fund manager is, uh, <laughs> is not more difficult uh, than uh, the life of, of a figure skater and, uh, and student, uh, even if, uh, of course, I'm still working hard and uh, have a very busy day uh, right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, how did you get involved in high skating how, and, and, and how young were you when you started skating? In fact, I started figure skating by, by chance, I would say. Um, we, we had to go skiing with my family when I was a kid, uh, six uh, years old. And uh, in order to discover some notions uh, of uh, sliding, balance, um, my, uh, my dad uh, decided to, to take me uh, to the ice, to the ice ring in, in Charleville-Mézières, where we used to, to live. Uh, and uh, actually, I immediately uh, appreciate uh, the feeling of being on the ice. Um, and I was uh, quickly uh, spotted by uh, the club's uh, coach, uh, Elena Isachenko. Uh, I, I was not afraid uh, to, to throw myself, to go fast, to fall. And uh, even if you have to avoid the falls during competition, of course, falling during practices uh, after trying difficult things uh, help you uh, definitely to improve a lot uh, in this sport. So falling was, was a good thing <laughs> when I was a kid. And uh, I managed to, to improve uh, quite quickly uh, in the Yarchi. First being uh, the best uh, regional skater, then uh, a national champion a few years uh, after, before starting uh, an, an international career in the French team uh, from the beginning of the, in 201 actually, it was my first uh, international competition. And then in 2003, uh, I was supposed to, to stop uh, figure skating to focus uh, on studies. Uh, but uh, during that year, I, I was a, a medalist at uh, the Junior World Championships. Uh, and so, of course, it was a, a shame to, to quit on such a, a good pass. So I uh, finally decided to, to continue figure skating and to join a national training center in Champigny to allow me to practice at a high level by training four or five uh, hours a day till uh, 2011 and uh, ranking myself in the, in the top 10 uh, during uh, four, four years. Mm -hmm. So this is your ice skating career. When did you first show interest in finance? So to be honest, uh, I hated finance <laughs> when, uh, when I was uh, studying at, at the ESCP because I, I took some uh, elective uh, courses in finance but they were uh, really focused uh, on statistics, mm -hmm. uh, on stochastic uh, calculation, uh, and uh, they didn't really uh, captivate me. So, okay, that's finance. And then 
why you said you sort of hated numbers and finance, which happens <laughs> to many people actually. Uh, so then why asset management? Yes, then uh, I heard about uh, asset management and the job uh, of portfolio manager in more details uh, from my uncle who is in the industry. And uh, um, all this uh, look uh, really fascinating to, to me, uh, meeting business leaders, uh, analyzing the, the different uh, strategies of companies, understanding the major economic, societal, environmental trends, getting as much information as possible and trying to, to analyze all the, those information to make the best in possible uh, investment decisions. Um, and uh, uh, it was uh, just a few weeks after uh, I took part of uh, in a European Championships. And uh, so my figure skating season was over. Um, I just was uh, diagnosed uh, with uh, arthritis in my knee. So it was uh, much harder to, to train hard on a daily basis. So uh, I consider it was a, a great timing to, to embark me uh, on a, a new experience with these uh, internships. Uh, even if uh, it was not clear at the beginning that um, what would be my decision uh, after the internships, if, uh, if I would uh, resume uh, uh, figure skating my figure skating career after the, the internship or not. But in the end, um, it was it became very clear from the first days. Uh, I was very interested in the mission that my uh, internship uh, supervisor uh, gave to me. Um, I loved this uh, new life, this uh, new profession, and uh, I didn't miss skating. Uh, so six months later, when uh, Sycamore offered me to, to extend the internships with a, a permanent contract, I was uh, obviously uh, delighted to to continue this uh, journey, and uh, even uh, eleven uh, years later, uh, I'm still here, still motivated, and still uh, passionate ab about my new job. <laughs> mm -hmm. I mean, I'm going to just go back to skating for a second because there's a fair point that we need to make: is that France has a huge tradition for figure skating. I mean, according to the International Skating Union, uh, this European country is the eighth best of all time in this discipline with. 15 gold, 19 silver, and 18 bronze medals. So it will not come as a surprise then to know that early in his career, Arbar trained with Elena Isachenko, uh, a double USSR champion in 1965 and 1966. I imagine that there was a huge amount of pressure and practice involved um, in order to get the best performance possible. You've talked to us before about how your daily routine was. Did you get any takeaways from this sort of pressure in skating uh, towards your current day-to-day -day job, which is asset management. Yeah, yeah, for, for sure. There are ultimately a lot of similarities between a, a top athlete um, uh, and a fund manager. Uh, a fund manager, like uh, a skater, is uh, judged uh, on uh, his performance. And that's also what uh, attracted me to, to this profession and uh, which is a permanent source uh, of motivation in this uh, profession of uh, fund manager. In sport, uh, as uh, in finance, uh, there is always a part of chance, of course, in a single result. But hard work and perseverance uh, make it possible to outperform uh, over a long time. And uh, of course, uh, high-level sport uh, teach you uh, to be hardworking uh, and uh, to be able to understand the, the need to have some rigor uh, on a daily basis. And of course, uh, this is very useful in my daily work. Mm -hmm. So I guess it's not normal for a, a teenager to fly across the world. I mean, Canada, China, Russia 
you sort of explained how you did it, but in more detail, how did you mix studying, practicing, and flying to tournaments? I mean, that must be quite um, an interesting schedule. <laughs> Indeed, um, thanks to figure skating, I, I have been uh, able to, to travel a lot. Uh, so for some years, uh, I was absent from uh, classes at school uh, up to 50 days a year. So it was huge. Uh, and fortunately, I had a great, uh, great uh, classmates uh, who helped me to catch up on the lessons uh, I was missing. And also my teachers uh, knew that uh, I was not skipping uh, school just for fun. So that was um, okay to, to manage. And finally, uh, only the sports teacher in my school was not so accommodating. Uh, I remember that he, he gave me a zero uh, when I couldn't uh, pass the, the volleyball test because I was at uh, World Figure Skating uh, Championships of uh, Figure Skating. But uh, yeah. Um... That's funny to know that a sports teacher give you a zero. <laughs> you went onto the top of the podium in the, in the Nationals in 2003-2004 season and then won both the Nationals and the Triglav Trophy in 2009-2010 edition. But you went to the world champions on three occasions and to the Europeans six times. Uh, we always get to see that on the telly, uh, but obviously, obviously we don't get to see the insights know about that. Uh, how was the environment in, in, in such, a, such an event? Of course, there is a, a lot of tension and pressure when you compete uh, at these big events. Uh, and figure skating is a sport where you have to, to really know how to manage your stress because we, we chain very difficult element on a, on a program that only lasts four minutes and the slightest uh, error can make us lose uh, any chance of medal. So it's years of training, but uh, a result that could uh, be dependent from a single little mistake. But at the same time, I think... Uh, I've landed more quadruple jumps in competitive programs than uh, during uh, training sessions in my entire <laughs> career. So we all competitors, uh, we are living the same situation and uh, we had a, a very good uh, friendly uh, environment. Uh, we, we were sharing uh, the good and the bad moments. And um, yes, uh, so I, I still have uh, many friends in the figure skating uh, uh, world and um, for example, my uh, French competitor who was very strong, Brian Joubert, world champion, uh, is also a friend. Uh, we, we, uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And just aside from medals and, and silverware, what is your best memory as a figure skater? Uh, but beyond the competition, we can also participate and be invited uh, in shows. And skating the, in shows uh, was also a, a very good memory because the pressure was, of course, less strong than in competition. And it was nice to, to hear the audience uh, applauding and cheering uh, during a program. And, and um, also, I, I joke about it sometimes with uh, my, uh, my colleagues in asset management, uh, even if the atmosphere is great in, in Sycamore and it's very friendly. No one applauds me uh, or throw me a, a stuffed animal or a bucket uh, of flowers when I make a, a good investment. Uh, so I don't understand why, but uh, <laughs> no, definitely, definitely the, the atmosphere in the management room uh, is much more uh, studious and, uh, and calmer than uh, a bustling uh, ice rink. So this is more cheering in asset management. This is what we need. <laughs> <laughs> we should, we should. And um, as a manager, uh, what would you say? Uh, has been your best decision 
to date? Um, I believe that uh, strongly uh, integrating sustainable development issues into my management uh, approach is really uh, uh, probably the, the first decision that I took, uh, but uh, also the, the fundamental decision of which I'm most proud and uh, most happy uh, since I started to work in the industry. Because uh, I'm really convinced that uh, not only uh, does this decision allow me to, to, to generate a stronger and more sustainable performance by seizing the opportunities linked to sustainable development, but also by avoiding a certain number of risks, uh, but it also uh, helps me to, to give some meaning to, to my investments. Um, and uh, I think it's very important, of course. And um, uh, I'm quite happy with how I managed uh, to perform during um, last year, uh, two years ago, uh, 2020, during the pandemic. Uh, I, I had seen a, a very small report uh, at the beginning of the year on a mysterious uh, disease uh, in China, and uh, I may be uh, a little uh, hypochondriac, so I was uh, immediately uh, alerted. And as soon as the premises of uh, the COVID crisis were, were confirmed, uh, I was very active uh, by redirecting uh, part of the investment uh, of uh, the fund that I was uh, co-managing to take into account the main uh, implication of a pandemic. So exit from uh, tourism uh, event um, stocks uh, to re-arbitrate uh, them towards more uh, digital companies benefiting from such uh, situations such as uh, HelloFresh, video games, or also uh, renewable energy uh, with uh, contracts uh, offering good uh, visibility. And uh, yes, so all those uh, decisions made, made, uh, made it possible to post a positive performance uh, in 2020 in a very difficult year. Uh, I was at uh, plus 90% for, for the small cap funds that I was co-managing and plus uh, 28% for, for the energy transition fund. So um, definitely uh, helping uh, my customers not to lose uh, money in, uh, in such a difficult year was, uh, was also uh, uh, a decision, uh, some, some things that I, I was quite happy and, and proud of. Mm -hmm. So would you say those good decisions come or coincide with moments of outperformance or underperformance? Is it best to put an end to a period of underperformance or not to outperform as much or as much as one wants? I, I would say that it's more rewarding to come out uh, of a period uh, of underperformance. Um, I think I really like uh, this uh, Japanese proverb, uh, success is falling seven times, getting up eight. Uh, it's really true, of course, in figure skating, but it's also true uh, in the uh, asset management industry. So indeed, the markets are volatile and you can never be uh, permanently uh, in front of your benchmark. So you have to know how to accept it and uh, never get... Uh, uh, discouraged, uh, dismotivated uh, in this business, even if the market goes in the opposite uh, direction of your strategy. So the important thing is to take a step, step back, to analyze uh, potential mistakes and to learn from them, to try to, to rectify the situation if, uh, if needed. And when you actually uh, manage to, to go back in the right direction after making a uh, the right decision, I think, uh, yeah, it's the best situation. Mm -hmm. I mean, many in the industry, when, when, when talking about making good decisions, they say that thinking outside the box is key. And it seems like at least 
when you were doing skating, you were selecting music that I can see here. Santana, Duff Bunk, uh, Peter <laughs> Gabriel, The Doors, Queen, Joe Cocker, Radiohead. I mean, The Beatles, of course. Uh, um, apologies. Uh, best best man <laughs> in the world. Um, how was the selection process? So, uh, till, uh, till I, uh, I was 18, I wouldn't say that I, I had uh, much choice uh, for the music. But um, when I, I was with my... Um, my uh, last coach, uh, Annick Dumont, uh, she was uh, letting me uh, choose uh, the music, and that's why uh, I started to to get some very different uh, music choice. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I was more uh, comfortable skating uh, on uh, on rock, uh, pop um, music uh, than uh, using uh, classical music. Uh, I, I like classical music actually, um, but uh, but when you skate on classical music, you need to to be um, very to have a very pure uh, style, uh, to be very elegant. And uh, uh, I was not uh, a pure dancer. I was more uh, um, more insisting on the physical style uh, than uh, on the ballet balletic uh, elegant style. So that's why I prefer to to skate on on uh, on rock and roll. But uh, but sometimes coming back uh, at the at the training with uh, with uh, some choice and uh, and my coach uh, sometimes say no it's too original. Uh, one year I wanted to to skate on Bob Marley. She she said uh, to me uh, you can't do that. Uh, the the judge are too conservative. They, they won't be able to understand what you what you are doing. Uh, same for Serge Gainsbourg, but uh, but sometimes uh, for for the Rolling Stones, for example, she she was okay, and I was very happy of that. <laughs> um, so, how about the investment process in asset management? I mean, I guess as you said, skaters have their own style, their own way of doing things. How's the investment process, and how would you define yourself as a as a, as a manager? Yes, yeah, so at Sycamore, I co-manage two strategies, um, very different ones. So one on, on energy and ecological transition and uh, another one on uh, small and mid-caps, um, small and mid-cap funds. But I think uh, what's what is common on those uh, two strategies and what mainly uh, characterizes me as, as a fund manager is my, of course, very strong sensitivity to socially uh, responsible investment. Uh, I started uh, as a pure uh, ESG analyst. Uh, in 2011, and uh, two, three years after that, um, I started to combine uh, financial and extra-financial analysis and, and start to to, to go manage funds uh, in uh, in 2015. Uh, but uh, so I continue to integrate sustainability topics in each of my analyses, uh, and I, I share the conviction that we finally all have at Sycamore that the value creation of a company is sustainable only if this uh, company is sharing this value creation among all the stakeholders of the company. So that means that uh, if one stakeholder has been despised by the company, the company will definitely uh, face some challenges. And that's why I'm systematically doing a, a 360 uh, degree uh, analysis for every company uh, before investing in a stock, trying to check the interaction of the company uh, with all the stakeholders, the suppliers, the civil society, the employees, uh, the clients, the environment. So I, I don't like to, to say that I'm growth or, or value uh, investor. Uh, I would say maybe GARP, but, uh, but I don't like uh, to, to be uh, qualified as uh, growth, value or, or GARP. Mm -hmm. and, and you just said um, you do some extra financial analysis. Could you, could you develop a bit on that? 
Yeah. Uh, for example, we, we are managing a fund at Sycomore also uh, called uh, Happy at Work. So I'm not the lead PM on, on this fund, but uh, I think it's a very interesting one. Um, we, uh, we, we do a lot of site visits uh, to, to check if uh, everything is going right in the companies that, uh, in which we, we invest or we want to invest. And uh, usually there is a strong correlation between the, the smile of the employees and the performance the, on the stock market of the company. Uh, and it's true that you have uh, many uh, studies uh, uh, that show that uh, the great place to work uh, usually uh, are outperforming the, the companies in which uh, there is a lot of turnover, uh, 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 turnover rates uh, are um, uh, high, uh, absenteeism rates are, are, are high when you don't train uh, well your employees, when we have uh, lots of uh, injuries uh, because the security uh, and safety issues are not uh, well addressed. Uh, of course, uh, those companies that are not taking care uh, on their employees uh, are, are underperforming. So yeah, doing uh, systematically uh, those kind of analysis on, on, uh, on the employees, on the impact on environment, on the impact on society, civil society uh, as a whole, I think it's really key, uh, and um, and yeah, I'm very careful uh, on each of my investment to to do that, uh, and to take into account uh, those criteria. And aside from from ESG and, and and employees, good practices, obviously. You you've mentioned mid caps, for example. What do you look for uh, in a in a, in a small and mid cap company? Yeah. So we have, we have two funds at Sycamore. So one on uh, small caps uh, focused. On, on market caps of less than 1 billion and uh, one other focus on mid caps uh, with market caps between uh, 1 and 7 billion euros. But uh, those two funds follow the same uh, responsible investment process uh, with a long-term vision and a sustainable multi-thematic approach. And we are doing this ESG analysis internally uh, because sometimes the ESG coverage for small and caps is uh, lower than uh, for large caps. So that's important to do it uh, internally. And we have uh, an investment process that uh, finally leads us to invest in uh, four main ty types of companies. First, uh, the companies that uh, respond to major uh, environmental challenges. So to try to identify them, uh, we have created uh, an impact metric uh, called the NEC, Net Environmental Contribution. And uh, it helps us to identify the environmental impact of each of the company in the investment universe. And uh, after that, to, to target only uh, the companies that have a positive impact and that provide solutions to the, to the energy transition uh, in mobility, green mobility, green construction, ecosystem, circular economy, uh, or renewable energy and efi energy efficiency. There is a second uh, block of companies, uh, this time on uh, societal uh, challenges. So similarly, we have created an, an impact uh, metric, uh, the societal contribution, which allow us to identify the stocks uh, that are offering um, solution to, to major societal uh, challenges access and inclusion, health, wellness, being, uh, well-being, security, economic and human progress. Um, but that's not all. Uh, we can also invest in companies that don't have necessarily a, a positive environmental or societal impact, but that have a very advanced uh, CSR approach. Uh, 
And uh, finally, a last one, we can also invest in companies uh, which are not yet best in class uh, in terms of uh, sustainability, but which have uh, embarked on a process of progress uh, and uh, which uh, in which we 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 will support uh, this uh, progress uh, through uh, the, some uh, engagement. Um, we are we, we are doing some engagements with, with those uh, companies to to be sure that uh, they will be the, uh, the sustainability leaders uh, of tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And and just wrapping up, now that we've just only started 2022, um, obviously, <laughs> as you just said before. Many of us still think last year was 2020, but no, 2021 has happened as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, which ones will be the hot sectors for you this year? It's true that uh, on a historical basis, um, small and caps uh, tend to outperform the, the large caps, quite logical because uh, when you open a, a new market, a new geography, when you are a small cap, you, you grow much faster than uh, when you are already a, a large cap. Uh, but um, uh, we we saw that since uh, a few years, uh, this outperformance uh, of uh, small caps uh, has not been uh, strong. Uh, sometimes uh, in 2018, 2019, they, they even uh, underperformed. So I think there, there is a catch-up effect uh, that we could see uh, this year for the small and mid cap. Uh, uh, plus, you, we know that there is a strong industrial, industrial component uh, in the small and mid cap segments. Uh, and uh, of course, if the economic recovery uh, is still uh, strong this year, um, they should benefit even more uh, than um, the large cap index uh, from, from this. They could be also uh, MA targets, of course. Uh, most of uh, Big players uh, have generated uh, strong cash flow over the, the last year and uh, and want to to grow uh, uh, both organically but also by M&A and uh, we also saw that the earning per share uh, uh, progress uh, will be stronger for the small cap index uh, than for large cap index uh, for the coming years. So. That's why I'm, I'm very positive uh, on small and cap segment, even if, of course, the market conditions are still uh, quite complicated. Uh, you have the Omicron wave, you have the supply chain challenges, the inflation uh, context that will lead uh, central banks to, to act. So, yeah, it will be a, a very challenging year again. But uh, I think we have a very challenging year every year on the market. So, and that's why uh, we, we love it. Okay, I'll be Thank you very much for your time today. I hope you enjoy the championships as a commentator and uh, you keep skating from time to time. Why not? And I hope you as well keep enjoying your job as a fund manager at Sycamore. Thank you very much. Thanks a lot. Bye bye.